Hi guys, I'm Danny. And I'm Molly. <laughs> we owe you an apology. We're sorry. That was so long. Life happened. I was broke things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, this is the first time I think we've talked in person since our last episode. How have you been, Molly? You know, I've been doing me. <laughs> <laughs> so good. You're doing great. Yeah. How have you been doing? You've been busy. I've been busy. I started a new job. That's mm-hmm. why we were on hiatus because I didn't have a computer. I yeah, realized- like we sat down. We sat down to record. And then I remember like you were like, I don't have a computer anymore. <laughs> I've been using my work computer, like maybe I shouldn't have been, but I was using my work computer like everywhere all the time for everything, including recording for this podcast that we were scheduled and it was the weekend in between my jobs. And I was like, oh shit, I don't have my own computer, but now I do. Yay. It's It's very pretty. It's very nice. It's a desktop. I haven't had a desktop in a long time. (laughs) We also struggled to try and get our RSS back which was a fun more which is a fun adventure and was much more complicated than i had originally foreseen yeah because it's just been struggles it has so but we're here we're gonna read this halloweeny book <laughs> the book we picked for halloween yes we're gonna read it yeah we're gonna talk about it and then we'll do our wrap up and we're gonna start 2019 aiming high stronger yeah better more focused probably we're hoping yes that's our that's our goal so uh so let's get into it we did have a little bit of news which was kind of funny go Um, ahead and it's gonna result in molly going another legal rant which i don't think so i don't think so because i've said my piece (laughs) (laughs) so if you missed it tommy adeyemi on twitter she posted this very the tweet is the tweet is shady. See, we haven't done this for so she long. Says, I'm out of practice. She says, it would be nice if an artist could create something special without another artist trying to shamelessly profit off of it. And then she includes two pictures of attachments. Um, one is the cover of her book, Children of Blood and Bone. And then another is a, a picture of a cover of a book that I, you know, admittedly had not heard of. Um of blood and bone but you heard of the author unfortunately yes (laughs) so the author of this other book is nora roberts and when she saw you know this tweet and i i suppose like i i read through the comments i didn't see them getting as aggressive but maybe i'm more used to like um video game social media (laughs) where they just get like crazy like it could be like oh i'm having a good time what do you mean that's not a canvas bag and then everyone's like you know threatening each other so i didn't think it was that bad but people were being very shady and nora roberts just did not go for that well and i think well the thing is so romance is a really big huge she's a she's like the biggest author in the biggest market in publishing so all these people came on tommy street and was like you know you can't copyright a title, right? Or, like, she's had this... And I think the thing is, she wrote her book first. I think Nora Roberts wrote her book first. Mm-hmm. And, but it's a sequel to an earlier book. Mm-hmm. So she had to get the first book out, and then came the second book. Mm-hmm. And so, reportedly, this book was written and titled, and doing and promotions were being done on it before Tommy's book was. Mm-hmm. And then, so after it was cleared up, she retweeted her original tweet 
with like an update. And the update is Nora was kind enough to reach out and explain that today was the first she'd heard of my book. After talking to her, I believe our titles were created in isolation. I'm grateful she explained and I've apologized, but I wanted to address it here as I know others were upset too. It's not a very well done apology because she's like, it feels like she misses the point. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts? Because I know you have thoughts on, on that. I have thoughts on one. I think if she feels, she sounds like her, she got too big for her own britches or something. However, the old person saying goes like her head got mm. too big. She found this other book with a title that was similar to hers. It just, instead of maybe contacting an agent or a publicist or whatever, she ran off on Twitter and she was like, look at this shit. They're copying me. Yeah. <laughs> And then just riled it all up. And then instead of taking it down and saying, you know, I jumped the gun. I, I'm still new at this something. She's like, oh, we cleared it up and we both just reached this title on our own. Isn't that crazy? What's, yeah. And it's like, that's She's not the like, problem. She's like, whoa, crazy. Yeah. I, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, because the best part, if you all ever have a time or if you ever have like five minutes, you just want to read someone be like shady, like your mama shady. Nora Roberts wrote a blog post and she just takes this girl to task. It's shady as hell. She's like, you know, I don't usually get on Twitters, (laughs) but I had some time today. Yeah, and she's like, I never heard of this author, and I never read her book, and she's like, and trust me, I never will now. And it's like, that, yeah, that wasn't even shade. That was just outright aggression. It was so great. So, it was like, it was pretty. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think it. it's just, I think it's just a reminder because I really don't think that she meant any malice. To, well, I'm, I don't know. I don't know what she meant, but I think that the point that I took away from this is just that, you know, when you have an audience like this, you have to be careful of how people will interpret your words and act on them mm-hmm. because it's like any any amount of like thought that she would have put into this. Like, yes, a lot of people are saying contact your agent, but even like just Googling it mm-hmm. or just even like a very basic understanding of how titles of works work. Or even if she thought like, okay, if she copied my title, so what? Like what 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 in the world could that possibly have to do with her book? Like there are two different markets entirely. Like no one's gonna pick up Nora Roberts' book and mistake it for her book. Like so I, it's like just put like a modicum of thought. First of all, put a modicum of thought into anything you say before you tweet because there are mm-hmm. just so many people paying attention now. And yeah. people th- blow things out of a por- proportion so quickly. And I think it's for us too, not to pile on because, you know, I see people in this original tweet comment saying like, oh, yeah, uh, obviously she's like biting your style or whatever. So it's like, don't, you know, just if you're seeing something that doesn't add up, just be skeptical too. Mm-hmm. like have even an ounce of like thinking on your own or doing your own little bit of research um because critical i think thinking we're skills critical amazing. thinking skills and i think we're all guilty of it like there have been times when i've like i don't know it was like one of those things where uh twitter showed like all of the uh russian bots that were posting <laughs> and i was like oh shit i like some of those posts and they were like very innocuous they're like michelle obama is great and i was just like oh, okay like but it's like even even a tiny act like that has consequences so it's yeah. like I don't know, just for all of us to be more 
thoughtful with how we interact with social media, I think, is the the takeaway here. Yeah. For me, at least. Yeah. Well, and going off of that, it sort of plays into my, like, getting too big for her own britches. Like, maybe this is probably the first incident she's dealt with since she's reached this level of, like, you know, fame and popularity. Mm -hmm. And maybe she didn't realize how fast something could pop off. Maybe. Just by tweeting it without paying attention. Because people are going on Goodreads and trashing Nora's book. They're like... It's it's so gross how she well only a few I think some of them have been cleaned up they're like it's so gross how she's ripping off Tommy Adams style and it's like uh yeah so like, hey, it's like if this is your business like I don't know shit about publishing and all that jazz or whatever but I know if I talk shit and you know if I'm what do they say on the read if I'm um, strong and wrong <laughs> the people aren't gonna want to do business with me yeah. like you know what I mean so just from like. A grown ass adult. I don't know how old Tommy is, but I feel I feel ancient since I turned thirty. <laughs> like I feel so so old. Oh, so it's just mom. like <laughs> I believe she's in her mid twenties. It's like if I could say to anyone, just like you know, in any anything that you do, like people remember and people are watching, and it's just if you don't know what to say, don't say shit, or talk yeah. talk to somebody who knows, talk to your agent, talk to your boss, talk to a friend, whoever sent it in. Group chat it first. Group chat it something. Send it to the group chat first. See what they say. Right. Then tweet it. Then tweet it. Uh, it was entertaining. I here. do like I oh, like book ahead. drama because it tends not to be very high stakes. It's That's true. <laughs> and I'm really over high stakes drama. Like I am <laughs> still very upset about the thing at the, what's happening at the border, and I have no idea how to make it better. So I just sit here mm. and fret. So, <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, hey, climate change. Oh, climate change. Huh? So 2040 and then we're all then that's it for us. Huh? Exactly. So I like <laughs> okay, this low stakes okay. drama where nothing matters. Uh, I don't know if I have any other news other than we got mentioned in something. We got mentioned in like another list. We were shy. Yeah. I don't we have mentioned this in a couple things. I know we got mentioned in um, Parade Magazine. Uh, their no. website huh parade the parade magazine yeah i didn't know about that That's yes awesome. it was like what do you call it like bookish podcast so i could finally tell my grandma something that she knew <laughs> she was like because since danielle was at my wedding party my whole family like fell in love with her they were like how is your friend danielle Aww. And so, like, they're good. She's good. She's good. We just got mentioned. They're like, how's the podcast? And I was like, we just got mentioned, Grandma, on Parade. She's like, Parade Magazine. She's like, I'll go get one. And I was like, oh, it was online. <laughs> I haven't read a Parade Magazine in, like, 20 years easily. Right? Easily. Because right? that's the last time a Sunday newspaper was in the house. Right? <laughs> awesome. So, yeah. So, we're we're getting noticed. But it was, like... Um, all while we were like off the air, like my husband was like, Oh, you've been off for so long. And I was like, Actually, we got a lot more engagement when we weren't talking. I, I know <laughs> we're working on it, we'll do better. We can always uh, strive to do better, yeah. So, but yeah, um, so I wanted to touch base on that. So, pat ourselves on the back, yes. go us, and um, thank you for everyone who's just listening and shouting us out because I feel like that's how people fi- are finding us, yeah sharing and stuff like that and those rate those ratings on itunes i see y'all thank you so mm-hmm. once i get that mess <laughs> fixed mm-hmm. um 
if you are having any other troubles with them, the please technic- let us know. Please let us know. I am like the entirety of our IT team, and I need a lot of time. To fix it, so. <laughs> it should be fine now. It's when we switched our hosting platform. That's when the problem started. So yeah, but yeah, and we did I'm so learning. much research. It didn't- <laughs> we did. We had a list. We did. So. Oh, Radio uh, Public was one of the other ones. Ooh, awesome. Yeah. So that's exciting. Like, yeah. this whole thing feels like it's a whim that just really took off and is doing really well. Yeah. So. Your girls are out here. <laughs> Zuckerberg ain't going to get us. Oh, uh, I mean, he's got his own problems. He's, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, he's too busy he, to keep us he's, down. He's trying to prove that his platform is not causing the downfall of democracy. So, <laughs> Alrighty, so books. Books. Yay. Yeah, that's what we talk about. Yeah. So this month, or this time, we read The Good House by Tanana Reeve Du because mm-hmm. it was Halloween and we wanted something spooky. And that I went and idea. searched. Yeah, I went and searched, you know, horror novels by black authors and she was one of the top hits. So I've mm-hmm. got to read some of her other stuff. This looks like it's about her, looks like it's her food. I don't know. It's her fifth <laughs> novel not that's not a part of her African Immortals series. Okay. Which I've heard a lot of things about. Me too. And I need to get on that. So, but yeah, so the book, we can get into the synopsis as always spoiler alerts, but this book is 15 years old. So which, you know what? I didn't know. I was just like, when I was reading, I was like, it was cool that they set this, you know, it's kind of like a period piece for like 2001. <laughs> it never <laughs> even occurred to me that the book would have come. I don't even know why. It's just an older book. <laughs> well, to be fair, in your defense, we read, we don't really go backlist often that's true we are we're kind of actually maybe we're back and forth i'd have to do a full we go back like, and forth yeah yeah full formal study because we did just read the entire addy series that's true we did <laughs> we read at addy and coldest winter ever and uh beloved <laughs> yeah so, so we go back and forth but more yeah. often than not we aim for newer releases because we know that's what people are talking about that's true yeah So I'm going to go ahead and read our synopsis. So this is a thick book and there is a lot that happens. As always, some things may be left out. So here we go. Following a tragic 4th of July party that ends with the death of her teenage son, Angela Toussaint decides the best thing to do is to leave. Leave the home where it took place, leave her husband, and leave the small town full of memories and people who know too much about her. But two years later, after moving away and starting a new life in L.A., she is called to finally deal with her mother's land. Soon after she returns, however, a series of creepy and tragic events begin to impact anyone who visits Angela's home. One man is run over as he crosses the street with a manic grin on his face. Another drowns his own son during a fishing trip before returning home and putting him to bed. And all the while, Angela's ex-husband, Tariq, slowly becomes overtaken by an evil and otherworldly force. While investigating these goings-ons, Angela learns that shortly before his death, her son, Corey, accidentally awakened an evil spirit bent on destroying the Tucson family. And while Corey had attempted to undo the curse with guidance from his deceased great-grandmother Marie, the demon intervenes with horrific results. Piecing together her grandmother's wisdom and her son's mistakes, Angela is eventually able to defeat the demon that her grandmother had offended generations earlier. The prize for her accomplishment is one wish, which she uses to go back to the moment before her son's discovery of the demon. Together, at the end of the novel, together, Angela and Corey complete the spell needed to destroy the demon once and for all. Which I have thoughts about. But <laughs> I see here. <laughs> I have lots of thoughts. 
let's get into it. I'm going to go and ask you first, Molly, because I think we were like, we had planned to record the episode very quickly, so we didn't talk about the episode at all, or we didn't talk about the book much at all, so I actually don't know your feelings. Mine are all on this paper, because I take too many notes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I liked it. Um, I liked when things, I think it was at its best when things were getting, like, really crazy, and it was really Mm -hmm. leaning it hard into the horror. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some really cool set pieces in there, like um, that I'm sure we'll go through when we go through our more in depth analysis. But I'm thinking, like, when Corey and his friend, whose name I forget, White Corey, Sean. Corey and Sean. White Corey. <laughs> did you call him White Corey? I did. Uh, when Cor- Corey and Sean are out in the woods, like trying to do the uh, ritual. Um, I like Sean. FYI, I'll get into I, that. I like later. Sean. I like Sean too. Um, or when, um, you know, the flashbacks I really liked to the grandmother, um, or when like Tariq was being all crazy, but then I feel like, or, or the part where, um, what's his name drowns the kid. That was pretty fucked up too. Artie? Artie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the mayor, the mayor. Um, but then there were, there were some parts that I felt kind of dragged, um, like, I felt mm-hmm. like overall it could have been a little shorter um, to kind of keep the suspense going. Um, I know that you, there was a character that you hated, which we'll get to. Yes. But I actually, <laughs> I actually had a lot of, I think I had the most problems with Tariq's character. So I think it'll be interesting to compare kind of the issues that we had. Yeah, I think we did actually disagree on this because yeah. like, I didn't mind him and you hated him. Yeah. I I agree with you. I liked the book. I thought it was, she writes horror very well. Like every mm-hmm. time something creepy or effed up was about to happen, like she has a really good sense of like not rushing into it and letting it play out and letting you right. like stew in the suspense. And it was really good. And I really liked the creepy detail she'd put in like every time, some before every before people would die. So in the book, people would go to the land they'd get the curse and they'd get a really bad stomach ache. Yeah. And so that sort of foretold, oh, this person's been hit by this curse and then something tragic would happen. Um, Sean's dad walks in the middle of traffic with like this big grin on his face, which just creeps me out. Anytime someone does something horrific with a manic grin on their face, it's like that was an awesome part where they're talking about like the truck driver and he like turns and the truck hits him. What wasn't awesome was like, and I listened to the audiobook, the hour long discussion we heard about him going into the woods to pick berries. Like I was like (laughs) I was like, what the hell? This is going on forever. And then he gets hit by the car. I was like, oh now I feel guilty. Yeah. Now that you say, I think, because I think that was supposed to set the mood, because the whole thing in the book is, it's not just the house, it's the land. The whole the land. land has yeah. got a curse on it. And so this guy is sneaking into Angela's grandmother's <laughs> herb garden, because she's yeah. got these, like, extra potent herbs, not not speaking with a double Not herb, just, herb. Yeah, just regular. <laughs> like basil or some shit. <laughs> exactly. Which I was like, go to the store, my guy. Come on. <laughs> I'm just sneaking on here on a fucking horse. <laughs> yeah. That's, oh my gosh, the scene with the horse. We'll get to that. So yeah, I think the horror was done really well. I was not a fan of the ending because I feel like the ending was sort of just a giant reset, but we can get into that. Uh-huh. And I didn't mind Tariq. The character I could not stand was Miles with a Y. <laughs> it is annoying. Guys. He's, there's no reason for him to be in the story. He's sort of like... 
I, I can't figure out why she included him because most of the time I can figure out why an author does something or includes something. I have no idea why Miles is in this book. He's like this second chance romance, but that's not what we're here for. People are getting mowed down in the street. A man is drowning his son. I don't need a love story. <laughs> I, I So when we first talked about we first talked about it, I was like three fourths of the way through, three quarters of the way through. And I was like, I kind of, I, I, I was thinking of where I thought the story was going to go. And I could say, oh, th- this is why I think Miles was here. But then that ending was kind of like, oh, now I really don't know why he was here. <laughs> he, he must like the best I could get was he represents the past because they were high school sweethearts. Right. And this book is also about relationships. There's a lot with relationships. Um, they were high school sweethearts. She married Tariq. They don't have a happy marriage. And he sort of represents, I guess, what she could have had. I don't know. Yeah. I did. I also just didn't like him as a person. He didn't believe her <laughs> when she kept that saying is demons true. were happening. She's running and around. Like, she's like, demons. And ev- everyone, <laughs> everyone believes her almost immediately, except for fucking Miles. Even the cops. <laughs> even the cop was kind of like, mm, something's going on here. But Miles was like, I don't know. Like, shit's flying all across the room. He's like, mm, I don't know. It must be it's a bad storm. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, he was so irritating. Like, I get you need a skeptic character, but when, like, there's, like, a little girl with a spinning head, at some point, you gotta be, like, something supernatural. Yeah, like, something's going on. Yeah. So, those were my feels. Let's get into, like, all of these characters, because it's basically the story of this one family, the two Yeah, I think that's a good idea, going by character, because that'll kind of take us chronologically, too. Yeah. So, I really liked, and I wish we had spent more time with her, Marie, and I feel really... John Marie and her husband John (laughs) yes because she's like that's what I like this book at the beginning when it's with the Grimler feels really like southern gothic even though I learned it takes place in Washington which I have thoughts about (laughs) I was so mad because I was in this book group and this girl was like I want something like East Bayou some old like southern gothic read and I recommended this one and then I looked it up and it takes place in freaking Portland or something yeah it takes place in southern Washington an area of the country that I am quite familiar with it had some family there for a while they have moved out for um reasons of racism um so i'm just not a huge huge fan of uh uh southern washington but it did seem and again i listened to the audiobook and a lot of people had inexplicably southern accents yes that's why i was like does this book take place in like (laughs) alabama and then she was like creole and so then, like, you know, there's a part at uh, Maria's Creole. And so there's, like, a bunch of parts that are taking place in New Orleans. And it's, like, almost a blink if you miss it. And you miss it, like, switch. Like, she takes the baby. And they just, like, walk from what literally one quarter of the country to the other. <laughs> this book feels like it should take place in the South. It does. In, like, in, like the deep South. It does. A Mississippi or Alabama. I have no idea why this book is in Washington. I think because, like... It was like they were she wanted them to be the only two black people Um, and Corey, Corey, Angela, Miles and to an extent Tariq. And what was the friend's name? Her friend who came with the dog, Erica. Or was it Naomi? Naomi. Yeah. Like to almost feel like an isolation up there, which if you've ever been up to that area, it's like uh, more sparsely populated than, say, like Seattle or Portland or. San Francisco or L.A., which are kind of where the rest of this is taking place. Um, And it's kind of the best way I can kind of think to describe 
how I kind of felt like the setting worked in is if uh, is a comparison to the movie um, The Wicker Man, the remake, the second remake or the first remake with Nick Cage. Have you seen that? Is that the one where he's wearing the helmet of bees? It I- is. Okay, that's it literally is. all I know about that. <laughs> <laughs> he's screaming the bees. He's the screaming bees. the bees. He, if if you have a chance, like I'm a lover of like bad movies, like so bad they're good movies, and I could talk about that at nauseum. I won't. <laughs> this one is one that if you get into this genre of so bad they're good movies, like you should watch it. But if you just want to get like the gist of it, just like look up clips and you'll see like nick cage like literally punching like 18 ladies <laughs> as they're like dressed as bears and he's stealing their bikes and he's screaming about bees it's awesome but that movie to me and i think the original is um set in the uk this one is set in um on the west coast and the first time i, I saw it it was like recently after i moved to la and um, those family members had moved to <laughs> Washington. And I thought this is really about the California, the average California person's fear and mistrust of the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> <laughs> like it's all pagan, all unshaved women. Like they're all dancing in the woods and shit. You know, like what? Like freaky foggy woods and I think that's kind of the atmosphere that she was going for and so like some parts like rang true and it's like you go up there you're black you're the only like black person around in some of these towns and it's like holy fuck like you know anything could happen um so I think that that's why it was set there instead of like someplace like New Orleans or even like Missouri where there are black people around (laughs) because they wanted kind of that I think it added to that isolation and that kind of creep out factor of being in some place that's so different because I think she's come Tariq and them are coming from Oakland and she's coming from LA Mm -hmm. and so it's just like a totally different kind of atmosphere going up there and you did remind me that yeah all of the the cop like the sheriff Mm-hmm. He sounds like he should be like Sheriff of Mayberry. Right. The accents are what threw me off yeah. the audiobook. I don't know if I would have jumped to the Southern conclusion as fast. Same. If it wasn't for the way they sounded. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I could see that. Yeah. The isolation and I, yeah, I guess I don't have any feelings. I lo- I know nothing about the Pacific Northwest. I know a little bit more about like the South. So I, maybe that's why I just defaulted to what I know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so she... We were talking about Marie and John, and mm-hmm. they live on this big old house. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I'll get back to it. I had something you said that reminded me of something, and I wanted to talk about it, but it might. <laughs> I would just start like recording with like a piece of scratch paper or something, because that happens to me all the time. I have all over the place. Well, because you said about like the race thing, and one thing I would have said about this book was race does not seem to be as big a part of it as I thought. No. Especially- it almost, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, because you said they wanted to be, they are the only black people in town. And it's like, yeah, we're we're just the only black. I think she says to Naomi at one point, people may stare at you, but that's the extent of it. And then I guess Corey does have that racist bully he has to deal with. Yeah, it it almost seems like Corey kind of sees it. Miles kind of sees it. But Angela almost has kind of a like older sensibility about some things, Mm -hmm. which I... I don't know, like a lot of the times when I was reading it, I was like, well, how old is Angela? (laughs) Like, I I really thought she was like in her 50s or something because some of her attitudes about some things were kind of like, oh, like even when Corey, when she's talking about the rap music, 
and he's listening she's like Corey I cannot believe you're listening to this filth and it's like the fresh prince of Jesse Jeff and I was like oh Angela you gotta you gotta relax girl but even like I'm gonna, oh go ahead go ahead I was gonna say I was gonna blame that on her being raised by her grandmother but it could be and I think yeah. that that we'll get back to that relationship but I think that I think Angela had like a really tough road to hoe um but uh and even at the end you kind of kind of see Marie apologize for that Mm -hmm. but it didn't really it it didn't really solve a lot of the issues I I guess we're we're kind of dancing around it because I'm gonna bring up what happened at the end uh not to discuss it now but to discuss everything else in light of the ending if that makes sense yeah that's fine yeah so at the end, she gets a wish from the God guy or somebody. I can't remember who she gets a wish from or her. She gets a wish. And her she grandmother gets a says it. Yeah, I yeah. Think she sees her grandmother. And she's like, you get a wish because you defeated the, the evil. <laughs> it was a little wild for me. I was like, wait a minute, what? It felt like it switched genres entirely. It kind of did. Like, I like the part where she went to see the grandma. And that's kind of what I was alluding to because the uh, Marie Tussaud is like, really like lively and she's young and she's laughing and Angela's kind of like well I wish I had known this side of you and uh, Marie's kind of like yep (laughs) (laughs) so she gets a wish and she goes back to the very beginning of the book and essentially undoes everything that happens after and I'm kind of like why did she wish to go back and stop Marie from bringing the guy in the first place Hmm. As someone who's watched a lot of sci-fi, this is going to sound wild. If I was given the option to travel back in time, you don't want to go too far back because who knows what kind of craziness. Could have saved her mom. Butterfly effect. She probably could have saved her mom. I don't know. Because then her son might not exist at all. Like, I mean, she might have had a better son. (laughs) I didn't mind Corey. Corey was a teenager. Corey acted exactly the way I expected teenagers. Corey acted like a fifth year old woman pretending to be a teenager Corey was way too concerned about these hoes and not like oh these girls are hoes he's like i cannot filth my hands with these was like Corey definitely said was and pronounced it like that while talking about the struggle with white Corey. white Corey. i just didn't like the ending because i always hate when books do that when there's like or it was all a dream or we're going to reset it because like everything they learned and went through doesn't matter now because we've just erased it. Yeah. I mean, like I don't want art to have to drown his son, in that <laughs> but that was a consequence of this cursed house. That's fair. Thing that happened because she goes, if we want to go sci-fi, she goes back. Right. And she mm-hmm. has all of her same memories of like everyone dying horrifically. So oh, like, I feel like, or did she not? You know what? Now that you say it, she might not have. I feel like she made the wish and life just resumed and she had no idea that there was a whole That would separate, be better. Like, yeah. Okay. But I'm just saying she could have she could have gone back a couple more years and saved her mama. But she <laughs> was kind of like son. she was very not really worried about her mother. The whole book was not very worried about. What was the Dominique Dominique, yeah. Yeah, the book was not very concerned about Dominique. Well, <laughs> because wasn't it implied like she went crazy because of a curse? Yeah. So we're, we're jumping ahead of ourselves. So Marie helps this 
child. Yes. Who has been, um, they say like, it's, she's sick, but it's implied she's cursed. Right. And then like, Jod is like, don't bring her in the house. (laughs) Should have listened to Jod. (laughs) Bring, cause she's gonna, she's gonna, I feel bad omen. And apparently from what I remember, this is the best I can understand it. Not remember, but from what I understood, Uh she used her racist anger. Yes. To like draw, use her, she relied on, she tapped into the power of her racist anger to draw out this demon, which offended the Baku, which is why her now, her family line is now cursed. Oh, see, I thought it was that she, um, that she, they shot up the door and then John replaced the door and she got so angry that she used her racist power to pull down the mudslide. Oh, you're right. Okay. And then the mudslide, yeah, the mudslide kind of like brought up whatever kind of evil was on the land. So she felt guilty because the... That's, the demon okay. attached itself to this girl and that's why john was saying like yeah it's your fault but you know <laughs> you don't gotta fix it now <laughs> you don't have to fix this but she was like no um i want to i want to at least try but then the demon oh. basically like somehow infected the daughter and yeah, that was like the con- it jumps to the, to the daughter Oh, that makes so much more sense. I didn't, I was never able to really pull together what the mudslide and the door had to do with. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just knew it was basically, she was being, which is another weird lesson. She was being punished for tapping into her racist anger. Right. Which is a weird, I don't know. That's not the lesson I would have my character learn. Right. Because I feel like she, and then, okay, you can help me with this, but I feel like she, because John was not Dominique's father. She was married no. before to do down in New Orleans. I think John is her third husband. The third husband. Um, yeah. And uh, some like some white dudes come and they kill him. And then her first husband. Mm-hmm. Papa. What was his name? Papa Yegbo. Am I saying that? I thought right? that was the demon. Oh, I thought that because she kind of had like <laughs> she had a connection to kind of like a more like god character oh yeah papa yeah okay not the demon but he was not a real person he was like a supernatural presence yeah i think he was like yeah. who was giving her her power and he yeah. first helped her out when the the um when her the, baby daddy when dominique's dad yes. was killed because he i philippe. think he yeah philippe i think he kills all of philippe's murderers and that's what causes her to flee First yes. to San Francisco and then up to um, Washington, Washington, where she meets where she meets her rich white sugar daddy, <laughs> right? Husband number dies. two. Yes, well, common law, I guess. He dies and leaves her the house, right? Which and everyone she... is very racist about. <laughs> In math, and then John <laughs> comes out of the forest. <laughs> There's a legitimate conversation where they're like, sh- where he's like, should I move in like this quickly? Like, right. Does it look weird? She's like, I don't care. Because like he was her student and it was kind of interesting because she was kind of the white guy's student and then they get together and then she turns around and John is kind of her student and then yeah. they start fucking. <laughs> Grandma Marie was wild. Grandma uh, Marie was so. wild. She did not share any of this wildness with um, Angela. <laughs> yes so we don't know anything about dominique she's just she was crazy off, and gone singing in the she church commits, <laughs> she commits suicide yeah she was singing in the church she got possessed 
that she wild had angela and then commit suicide and angela walks in and sees that she walks in so and this is this goes to why i hate Tariq. this is like the <laughs> the pin the hinge of why i hate Tariq. so when angela is either in middle school or high school or something she walks in and she sees angela sitting on her bed and she has like a handgun in her mouth and so angela rightly freaks out and so the mom's like, relax, it ain't even loaded. <laughs> you so crazy. <laughs> and then later, um, the mother kills herself. I think she overdoses. Mm-hmm. I don't think she shoots herself. I don't herself. remember this. I don't remember. I just know she walked in and saw her dead. She sees her dead at the kitchen the table. Yeah. And so she always thinks back to like that time that she saw her mother like with the gun in her mouth. And it's like traumatic for her, which engenders in her a hatred of all guns and she doesn't want any guns around her which makes sense she's a tra- traumatized child doesn't want handguns around Tariq don't really give a fuck about that but we'll, we'll get to that we'll get to that but yeah so then we get to Angela Angela um she's raised by her grandmother mm-hmm. and she's close and she has this ring from her grandmother which plays a very important role right and then she'll she she's high school sweethearts i'm just jumping through because yeah. it doesn't the middle the middle generation isn't as important as the second she's high school sweetheart with miles or she marries Tariq, <laughs> who i also don't think is a great person but i do not dislike as much as molly does and then they have Corey, right who when the book starts they're at a fourth of july party and he shoots himself in the head in the basement right and that's sort of a what kicks our, it all off yes so let's so this whole story is about relationships and I feel like it's hard to talk about one character without talking about their relationships with other characters right. so like Angela and Marie Marie or Tariq and Angela Angela and Corey Angela and Corey's relationship is kind of hilarious <laughs> is Corey possessed partially he's like partially possessed because he does not like his mother because his mother is strict but sometimes he he hates his mother like he, yeah thinking gets so angry and violent and i'm like dude yeah sometimes it's normal like teenager thinking and then it's just like that bitch i'm yeah. gonna kill her it's yeah. like where the hell is this coming it's from? like whoa Corey, whoa whoa yeah. whoa so i didn't hate Corey as much as a character as you did because i felt like Corey Corey sounded like a dork because he was like he wasn't as hard as he was trying to be like that's what that one racist white kid or was it sean sean calls him out because yeah, Corey Sean, Sean and he tries to be all hard right? yeah he tries to be all hard like he's from Oakland and Sean just like laughs at him yeah like, you're not fooling anybody you're a poser yeah and like and then they end up being best friends right I think what got me with Corey was Corey was like Corey was like Corey and Tariq were like proto hoteps like pre-internet <laughs> hoteps like there's a part where they're talking about like rap or something and um, Corey's very, like, Corey and Sean are v- both very, very, very well actually in that. And then he's like, well, have you ever heard of this Brazilian group or whatever? And then, oh, like, yeah. he's like, oh, let me show you some of my poems. Or, like, Corey was just insufferable to me. And it, I just think that the dialogue, and maybe it might have been the um, voice acting too a little bit, just to me did not read very much like a kid it read very much like a kid <laughs> pretending to be a, an adult pretending to be a kid pretending to be an adult so it wasn't like all of Corey's journey or whatever it was like those in-between moments 
when Corey was like, compare it to um, The Hate You Give, right? And maybe this is where mm-hmm. the difference lies. You said in The Hate You Give, you really hated everything when they were talking about the sneakers and the fresh prints and like the the black uh, planet drama or whatever and tumblr i believe <laughs> i don't think anybody is on black planet anymore hey if you're on black planet hit me up i want to i want to i have questions for you and so i i like that because to me it did really sound like a kid it sounded like the way a kid would talk it sounded like the kind of things a kid would be interested in and um what would occupy like their their brain space but Corey seemed very much like let me tell you about black people (laughs) and Angela kind of suffered from this too and it's kind of like okay well who is the audience for these these chapters and I wish that I could I had made some notes of like particularly um like poignant moments where this stood out but there were a lot of points where I was like okay Corey we we get it god damn we get it (laughs) well because Corey is one of the other so there's three people in this curse that play the biggest role and well actually Angela doesn't play much of a role there's two people Mm -hmm. it's from what I understand Marie knows about the curse and she dies and she sort of sets up what needs to be set up so that when the evil demon comes back it can be defeated right. but Angela's not paying attention no. and that's it's Corey who stumbles upon it right and so Corey and so it's implied that at some point she starts trying to speak to Corey because he's more receptive like through dreams right and so he takes it upon himself to try and fight this curse even though he really doesn't know what's going on right so I don't. I didn't mind Corey. Like if he was annoying, I just chalked it up to him being a teenager, which probably says more about me, <laughs> the character. And I also thought like he's also slightly possessed by a demon. Sure. I guess I gave a lot of people a lot of leeway. I guess we can go to Tyreek now. I gave a lot of characters. But you didn't give Miles no leeway. <laughs> he wasn't possessed by a demon. He was just insufferable all on his own. Tariq and my Tariq and Corey were like. Various at various levels possessed by a demonic aura, <laughs> and they were at various so get... level hotels. <laughs> because Tariq was, he's a terrible character. Didn't at one point he like had sex with a thirteen year old? Yes. Did I make okay, that up? I okay. want to get to this because there were a couple places in this book where I was like, this town does not give a fuck about children, like at <laughs> fucking all. Uh, or this this whole book really doesn't so the first one um this is backtracking just a tiny bit but um I guess going forward okay so I'll start with Tariq so Tariq gets um he's her ex-husband they met in college he was a football player now he works in the back office for the Raiders I think um some sports team some, I'm sorry some sports some ball sports ball yes um and so he has he's like living in oakland with uh he has Corey full-time because after the split they kind of said choose Corey, and Corey said my dad um which really hurt angela I think, which right? very Doesn't much hurt her yeah her? yeah um and so uh and his uh Tariq's nephew who plays for this sports team <laughs> um and so once the arrangement is uh, Corey goes to live with the mom for the summer. And when um, he does, that's when kind of Tariq starts. No, sorry. It's after Corey dies. 
mm-hmm. um, Tariq starts having a he, he says like a little bit of the premonition, but it doesn't really bother him. Like there's a scene where he knows somebody's gonna get in a fight with him, and like he just yeah. fights and he's like, ever since my son died, I've had the second sight. Oh well, <laughs> so you kind of know that he's possessed there, but it starts off very like um small things like bar fights and he wants to fight his doctor then he's like fighting random people well he wants to fight his this is what i like because it was slow and creepy he wants to fight his doctor because he has this terrible stomach ache mm-hmm. that won't go away mm-hmm. which i thought was like and then at one point does he <laughs> never mind i don't need to get into that doesn't he accuse the doctor of hitting on him or something Tariq was yeah Tariq was Tariq wild was Tariq was just being all kinds of crazy <laughs> And then, um, so, like, the whole time, like, the nephew is kind of like, oh, you're back on coke. And Tariq's like, <laughs> Tariq. Which we never knew he was ever originally on coke, so that was a surprise for a lot of people. Right. And so the nephew's kind of, like, look at it. They all decide to go out. The nephew comes out of the, they go out to a club. The nephew comes out of the club with his friend. Tariq's in a car having sex with a 13-year-old. Like, literally raping a 13-year-old. And the nephew's like, nah, man. And then he like leaves, never to be seen again. And I'm kind of yeah, like, that was a really gross moment. It's he extremely the nephew gross. It's extremely gross. Like if you, you know, if you're sensitive to that kind of stuff, like seriously, skip that chapter. But it kind of seems like no one, the nephew, the nephew's friend, anybody could have at any time said, "Girl, get out of that car." Oh my god! Like if I saw somebody having sex with a 13 year old, we are going to fight. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was very confused by nobody. Like, he just walked away. Like, I'm a good guy. Right. I'm not taking part. But you didn't stop it. Right. Yeah, I guess negative points to that. Right. He's like, I said no to dope. And it's like, but you also (laughs) saw him doing this. And you just, you're like, oh. Yeah. So I. And then, like, Tariq has no memories of it the next day. No memory. Well, he does it. And then he slowly does. Like, he doesn't, and then he's kind of like, oh, well, yeah. And then he's, like, kind of, like, going into the mindset of the little girl. Again, skip that chapter if you're sensitive, because, man, it's wild. But And it's unnecessary. It doesn't have an impact on anything else. Yeah. It's just to show that he's crazy. Yeah. He could have just punched a guy in the face, and it's like, oh, my gosh, Tariq's been possessed. We didn't need to go full full statutory right. rape. And it, it, you know, it's, 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 it's statutory rape, but it's also, like, you know, what do you call it, rape one? Because that girl's trying to get away, oh, so you're you're the lawyer. I have no idea. <laughs> so it's um, like you know, there's that instance, and then we'll get we'll talk about this in more detail. But Art's kid, people did not yes. seem to give a fuck that Art's kid was dead. Well, because no one knew at first. No, well, that even little, okay, after so even after when he was in jail and everything, everyone was like, "Poor Art, terrible. What's happened to Art?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, um. Hmm. I guess it is true. The mother got over it. The mother got over like. Wh- so we need to talk to about get over happened. it implies that you were sad. <laughs> we need to talk about what happened. It's implied that this demon can work through multiple, I guess, hosts. Yes. So Tariq has we learn through one scene with Tariq, he goes to sleep. So what happens is basically what happens is the mayor already drowns his son while fishing takes him back home, puts him to bed, and that's the end of that. We right. The police learn about it because a little boy who had been near the lake saw it happen. I think it was the he, little boy, the brother. Like, the he brother has two Sean. kids. No, no, no. Uh, Art has two kids, and he kills the older one. No, I don't think it was a kid who was related I to think them. it was. Was it? 
I'd have to go back and check. <laughs> and this is a big book. Someone sees them. A small, another small child. Child sees them, yeah. And so, like, and then the sheriff goes to the house, and he's like, and Art, who's just, he has no idea because he was possessed by a demon. He's like, hey, what's up, bud? He's like, we need to see Glenn. Can Glenn come down? He's like, oh, he's tired. We went fishing. And he's like, we need to make sure he's okay. So it's like a wellness check for yeah. all case and purposes. And so the sheriff goes in, and Angela's following Angela's him up, there, and too. Like, and at one point she's like i shouldn't have come up and i was like no you shouldn't which this is you just know everyone's bad. telling her don't don't angela yes. stay outside angela do not look at this she, kid angela don't go- do it and she's like and i think the friend nosy. is like uh will you come in angela she's like yeah yeah <laughs> but they climb the stairs and they go up they pull back and she hears the mother scream yeah in horror and then it's like, yeah, it's the boy. And he's like, I think he's still in wet clothes. I think he just put him in the bed and covered up with a blanket. Yeah. He just like, I think he wrapped up his head or something. Now, yeah. if it, my memory is right. Like she sees him unwrap the head and it's all awful, right? She doesn't see. I didn't I think she, she saw did. anything. I thought she was at the stairs and she hurt. Let me check. It's a good scene. It's probably one of the best scenes of the book, like suspense wise, where she's like going up the stairs and Arthur's like da 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 whatever, and the the wife is kind of like, well, I don't know what's going on, and all the townspeople are there looking, and the only one actually doing his job is the sheriff. The sheriff is the only one who's like keeping up on things. Oh, because Art's sitting there acting like he's just fine. Yeah. Um, Art Art tossed the heavy bundle onto the bed until Glenn nearly fell from the mattress to the floor. As the sheets loosened, Angela saw a glimpse of Glenn's red hair. Her blood turned to lead. Um, let's see. The fap of the this time a flap of fabric fell away from the head, and Angela saw Glenn's mud-stained face. The tip of Glenn's face lulled from his mouth, fat and purple. You're right, it was. Bad. Yeah, because it's the boy's like... clouded eyes were wide open. His neck hung loosely as Art, Art lifted the bundle into his arm with another grunt. Right. It's like yeah, and he's still act- <laughs> like he's alive. Yeah. Well, he, the whole time the mayor's just acted like he's just yeah, here he is. Propping up his dead child. He's lulling about. Like the writing in these couple scenes where things get really wild actually really reminded me of it. And that's why it like stuck out to me because it really reminded me of how things could go from like zero to a hundred. Like not like in a turn of a dime, but like it's a really creepy buildup. And then all of a sudden, like everything's like very visceral. And I thought that that was a real skill of hers for a horror writer to be like, oh, my God, like this really shocking image. Like, she didn't really cut she, away from anything. Except, I guess, Naomi getting killed. Oh, yeah, that was the one cutaway. The horror, I thought, was done really well. Yeah. All the creepy things felt really creepy. And I think you were right. If it had been a little shorter, it would have been extra scary. Because yeah. we wouldn't, the suspense wouldn't have had time to dwindle to nothing. Yeah. But um, we do learn after this that that Tariq could see who was in California. <laughs> yeah could like see what was happening he's like he's he saw the man take the boy out he dreams it he dreams that he's the one doing it and he's like oh it's so good because i think like (laughs) at some point like the demon just kind of takes over and everyone who's kind of under its thrall is thinking Mm -hmm. the same thing at the same time because when they go see art in the when you know they forget about seeing dead uh poor glenn's ruined head um they go to talk to art um and his wife in the jail and for some mm-hmm. reason the the um sheriff is like go right in and miles is like okay um and he's kind of like he's out of it for a second art's out of it doesn't art ask for them and because he's the mayor he, they sort of yeah like, okay it's like okay and i think she kind of like admits that that's not yeah. anything that would happen but they're kind of like eh, you know 
Yeah. And so I think, yeah. Whatever. We're a small town. We all um, so yeah, for like a couple minutes, he can kind of come out and be himself and he kind of knows what happened. And like everyone automatically believes except for Miles. They're like, oh yeah, Demon did it. Demon did it. And they don't go so far as to say, oh, you know, poor Glenn. They just say like, oh, a demon made you do this, this unfortunate thing. And he smokes, which everyone thinks is weird because he never smokes. Right. And I think so. Tariq was smoking too, right? Yeah. The demon and smokes. possibly, possibly um, the girl, uh, <laughs> Becca. Oh, I don't think, I don't know if the little girl was smoking. She was. I feel like, mm. did she, I feel like there was something weird that kind of tied her, but we'll get to her. She was another strange entity. Um, so yeah. So, and then what was your third case of children, child abuse? <laughs> there was a lot of child abuse, they pointed out. Yeah. Um, I think it was just those two. If another one yeah, comes up, all, I feel like they didn't really care too much that the the racist white kid t- like went missing oh yeah he completely disappeared well they oh that's a whole thing to bring it up like yeah you know in the forward in the present present day story the sheriff like says he's like oh hey uh this kid went missing and it's like the first you're hearing of it but i was like oh wouldn't that have been news like you know if a kid dies in a very small town i feel well, like it would they be didn't news. know he died Huh? He was just missing. They didn't know he was dead. He was just missing. It missing. So, dead. <laughs> it would have been so obvious. That, that sort of is near the climax, too. So all these terrible things have happened. Corey's decided, with help from his grandmother, he's going to like help fight this curse. So he gets Sean. Sean, for some reason, goes along. Oh, Sean's a believer because he got his letters back. So they do like a test spell oh, to yeah. find something they had lost. And Sean gets his mother's letters back. And Corey gets his mother's special protective ring back that he says he gave away i don't know what the real story is he I lies about he it did. so much i think he he stole it then he gave it to a girl and then she left and wouldn't give it back so he does the spell and he gets the ring back it back yeah so like we're gonna we're gonna fight this demon so they go out into the woods and he's following the directions and the racist kid walks in on them yeah and because they've wakened oh and while they're out the racist kid starts making fun of them and at some Should point we- should we introduce Becca before we do this part? We should introduce Becca. Becca, yeah, because Becca appears at this scene, and Becca is this ghost demon apparition. I guess it's the demon's form. Yeah, I would say, it's like right? the form that the demon first takes. So that even before they start, like with all, so they do the um the ritual to find the lost things, and that actually uh call is what calls back the uh, demon. And so it appears to Corey and Sean as this uh, white girl in kind of like an old style dress. Again, really good like imagery. She <laughs> walks out of the woods. She's got like big boobs or whatever. And Corey's <laughs> like, oh my God. Corey has the hots for her immediately. immediately. Sean Sean's kind of like, some... this girl is covered in mud. <laughs> She's living in the woods. She's living That's in the woods. I don't, I don't know about this, my dude. But Corey, you know, to be fair, is under the thrall of a demon at this point. So he's kind of like, she keeps showing up. You know, at first it starts off kind of creepy, but not that bad. But then um, it gets like worse and worse and worse. And um, this kid, this racist kid who like Corey and Sean got in a fight with earlier shows up and Becca shows up and her clothes are all torn. And she says, oh, he raped me. He raped me just like he raped this other girl. 
And so the kid starts freaking out. He's like, no, I never raped anybody. Da, da, da. And so it's like she's it's kind of a cool scene because she's like saying all this information that no like she shouldn't know. But mm-hmm. like everyone's like so under like this demon's thrall that they're just kind of like, yeah, and buying into that like kind of mob mentality. So they uh, get in a fight with this kid and uh, it doesn't go well. And then they um, they break again. And I think at this point, Sean is like something's so fucked up with this girl. Uh, well, because how it goes wrong is wild. Basically, he interrupts them during. No, no, no. That comes mess- later. That comes later. Oh. Does it? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. So it's like, because then is the part where uh, Marie starts reaching out in his dreams and they find that secret door that leads to her shrine. Oh, okay. And that's yeah. how they get, because I really, and I wanted to point out this part because I really liked how she incorporated all of the voodoo, which she called voodin, which I thought was great. Um, like all the spells and all the protection, like basically the whole plan that Marie left for Angela, but Angela was kind of like, blocked off like you said yeah marie's the only one doing any work around here well okay i have thoughts about that too which i'll get <laughs> although back she to. didn't cause the whole problem she caused the whole problem and she could have at least left written down someone's <laughs> girl there's a secret door in the attic like she's caught out of the dreams and like angela can't hear her and so she's like oh well too bad but if I it, she wrote a whole book she did but then she hid it <laughs> She wrote a whole book with instructions to fight a demon, and then she, I guess you're right. Like, I guess I would leave the book out in the open. I'm like, look, when I die, there's going to be the demon yeah, that kind of comes back to destroy the I've been fighting my whole damn life. Might come after you. Killed my daughter. <laughs> Terrible. Might come after you, too. Uh, but nah, she's just kind of like, they'll find it eventually. So they do, and they find, like, all this stuff, and they had to get, like, paper made out of, like, a lamb's stomach and, like, all this like very specific which I thought was very cool like all this very specific stuff because you don't really see like a lot of times in horror we'll see like kind of a more like Eurocentric mysticism Mm -hmm. or uh, mythology but this Mm -hmm. is like that Creole voodoo mythology took center stage which I thought was really cool so they decide that they have to get rid of the demon Um, and that is the point where they're out in the woods doing it and the white boy shows up Yes. And so they cut he because I thought she was with them. She's with them again when this happens. She and so starts she accuses showing him. Up, yeah. Yeah. And she accuses him again. And then as he gets angry and angrier because he interrupts the spell and he does not allow because there's instructions that say it has to be done a specific way. Mm-hmm. You have to write a specific thing. You can't look at your own writing. It has to be done in a certain order. It gets interrupted and messed up. And I think Corey's anger in his anger, he taps into some power and the earth literally opens up right. and eats this racist little teen. Right. Cause it's like what, what Marie did initially is she stole this word from uh, Papa right. Yegba, mm-hmm. which is like, he's kind of like, okay, I'm going to give you some power, but like, you're not a God. So you can't do all this stuff. And she's kind of like, well, I'm just as powerful as you are. So I'm going to steal one of your words to um, cause the mudslide. So she says, oh, for the ritual, we have to give the word back to Papa Yegba so he can come back and protect us. So Corey's writing down the letters of the word. He's using the ring and he sees uh, Sean and he gets angry and he says the word or I think part of the word. And that's what causes this incident, which go ahead and explain it because it's it's another awesome part of the book. Oh, like the 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 little racist white boy, like he's coming towards them. And suddenly I think the ground like it becomes like 
it doesn't open up like but it's like a mud thing yeah and he gets sucked into the ground and like they try to help pull him out yeah but eventually he's like sucked into the dirt i don't have it bookmarked but i can find it if you want me to he's sucked into the dirt and i think all they have left is his shirt that yeah. he was wearing yeah it's like really and it's another one that's like really long and really labored because like they're trying to get him out like the mud's coming up they're almost getting sucked down like they're talking about like his chest is getting crushed he can't breathe He's going under. He's going to. It's kind of like that scene from Never Ending Story where the, the horse dies. <laughs> the horse? <laughs> um, so, yeah. And he gets swallowed up and the spell cannot be completed. Yeah. And they don't successfully complete. Yeah. The spell. Which then we learn leads to Becca coming back. He runs into. She, he sees her in the basement. He shoots her. He shoots himself. Yeah. At that point, um, it was like. I think it was like, oh, oh, it was, uh, so the ring was like a, a protective kind of talisman for the family. And so they said it can protect you if you're the owner of it, so long as the demon doesn't touch it. So she tricks Corey into touching the ring. And at that point, he basically knows, like, the book says that it's kind of over for him. And he knows that she, he's going to fall under her spell and she's going to eventually kill him. And he goes down into the basement that day and he says, um, she says something like, go kill your mom. Like, it's time. It's time. Go kill her and kill Miles. And he's like, no, no. And kind of the last thing that he does under his own free will is kill himself instead of kill his mom and Miles. Oh, I found the book where he sinks into the ground. Yeah. It's Bo. Bo is the racist. How did I forget that? Get me out, Bo said, losing his breath. He had sunk into his chest. He tried to use his arms to leverage himself up, his muscles straining to pull into solid soil, but everything Bo touched turned to mud. Corey felt his foot sucked downward in warm mud, and he pulled it free with a panic shout. His shoe came halfway off his foot. The mud smelled like a waterlogged graveyard, worse than mere rot, worse than death. So yeah, it does It does really go slow, and you, you hear this boy get sucked into the earth. Sucked into the earth. So, um, can we, do you want to talk about like the ending ending? I guess where it's like, if this was an action movie, this is where, <laughs> this is the third act. She and Miles are armed up and they're chasing after like yes. it. Yes. So after, so this is sort of the two diverging, the story tells two, di- two diverging timelines. We've got what Corey's been going through in the past and we have what Angela has gone through in the present. And then after the story catches up to where Corey shoots himself, we're with Angela and she's with Miles and she's like, Miles is still being his skeptic self and I hated it. And she's like, we've got to fight this demon. And um, I'm, I think I might be fuzzy on the details, but basically they know it's out in the woods in the land and they know that they have to go to it, go to the house, to it and destroy it. The police are out there. A cop gets like sucked into the ground. It's crazy. And so I don't remember what she does does she shoot Tariq because there's a standoff between her Miles and Tariq and Tariq is the one who killed Tariq's the one who killed the cop Tariq killed yeah Tariq shoots and kills two cops who were like out looking for him and then it's coming back I've talked myself back into it Miles goes out with like an old fashioned wooden bow for some reason <laughs> cause he's a mess cause he's a mess and then Tariq kills Miles and so Angela's like running, 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 running. You know, she's completely stressed out. Uh, Tariq is saying like all these horribly like, you know, 
just again if you have sensitivities yeah like these horrible (laughs) things to her and she's like running 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 and then she gets to the spot i think where Corey and sean had their circle and um essentially like marie has been like trying 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 to get in her head the whole time and she finally says let me in and so angela let's go yeah and then marie kind of comes into her and starts like chanting and essentially gives the word back so that papa yegba can come and uh kill Tariq by casting out the demon that's right okay it was it was a lot but yeah it (laughs) felt like I feel like I said it though. It felt like the it's like the action set of a movie. We've got people with guns. Yeah. There's maybe a Mexican. I think there was a Mexican standoff at one point. <laughs> and it's wild. I, also, we forgot Onyx. Yeah. So we didn't really talk about. And I. This is gonna have to be a slightly shorter episode, guys. But um, there are a lot of um, uh, subplots and other characters. Yeah. Like we didn't talk too much about her friend Naomi and her dog uh, Onyx. And we don't have to. We can just talk about the fact that the dog Tariq has so a little miniature poodle. Black poodle. <laughs> because, so yeah, when Naomi goes back to think about selling the house, she brings a friend who brings her dog, which bad move. You're, you know what genre you're in. And the dog gets lost and she's heartbroken. Yeah, she's just and we later crying. learn, yeah, that Tariq comes in possession of this dog. And it's the dog's barking, which sort of at the end sort of drives everyone. They know where to, like, they, that's how they find. That's how Tariq finds them. That's how they find Tariq. It's the dog's constant barking. I just right. felt like the scene took place with just the dog yapping. Yes, absolutely. The dog was constantly barking. Yeah. No, there's a ton of subplots and we're not going to yeah. get into them. I and, think the um, only other really important one is that, because like a lot of stuff happens with Miles, but honestly, I feel like the only really important thing is that um, uh, the girl, Becca, is his mother, who was the girl that... um. Uh, Marie cast out the demon from originally. Yes, was her name Becca though? Her name wasn't Becca before, but that's the name kind of the the demon takes when he takes on her form to seduce okay, Corey. Yeah. yeah, so we learned yeah that Miles's adoptive mother was the little girl who Marie saved at the beginning of the book. Right. Yeah, and I think that was like the only other plot, like big kind of Miles was. Thank you for backing my opinion that Miles was completely irrelevant. Yeah, because um. I'm like really trying. So here's the thing. <laughs> I thought that it was going to end with her kind of starting over with Miles. Um, so after, you know, Tariq and everyone's dead, she goes to kind of like this astral plane and she sees all of her ancestors jumping over a fire and like having a big party. And she's like, that looks like fun. And then Marie comes out. She's like, fun, but not for you. And... <laughs> um, that's what she says. Okay, good job. I kind of wish that, well, Marie doesn't say I wish that I had been kinder to you so you could have been more receptive to this magic. She just kind of says, like, this is a thing that happened. You kind of suck because I just <laughs> didn't really, I was kind of like a stick in the mud with you. Oh, well. And so she says, you get one wish and Angela wishes to go back um, in time. And so she. We don't hear her say the wish. That's the true. Book just sort of. The book just sort of picks up and Corey's not dead. Right. You just assume. Yeah. And so you see her. It's kind of at the 4th of July party and she answers the door and she sees Miles and um, they had the conversation that uh, they would have had at the beginning of the book. 
And I kind of thought like, oh, she's going to start over. Like, you know, out of everything, Miles is a, a better partner than Tariq. Who, That's true. You know, so the whole, oh, the whole thing that I forgot to say is the gun that Corey kills himself with. Oh, is the gun that um, uh, Tariq and- had and was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. He had this gun that was his friend's gun. The friend died. And so the only thing that Tariq says he has left of this friend was the gun. That's why he had it. I was like, Tariq, get a picture, a, a t-shirt, something, <laughs> because you have a little baby in the house. And so. Yeah. And Angela told him to get rid of uh, it. He says he did, but she doesn't believe him because it's back in the house. Right. And he, yeah. it turns out he did, but Becca, Ghost Becca used that magic, that same magic to bring it back. Now, I kind of thought that Corey was going to get that gun and kill Bo with it. Um. That's where you thought the story was going? That's where I thought the story was going. But instead, Bo got sucked down into the earth. <laughs> he went back to Mother Earth. <laughs> and so she, so Miles sees her and he's kind of like, oh, I, I see your husband is here. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to try to make it work with him, possibly. And I was like, really? That's how this ends? I got it. I was left with the impression that they're going to try, but she knows they're going to fail. Yes. Like she's going to move back and all this stuff. So it made Miles completely irrelevant. Exactly. Like there was absolutely no no point for him to be there because they kind of high five and she's like, cool, bye. (laughs) Like, it's just, I can't figure out why in this book all about relationships, their relationship starts and stalls. And maybe that's the lesson. Maybe it's like not everything is meant to be. Right. But it's like, I, I didn't need that lesson. And I would rather the lesson don't fuck with demons. Like, or maybe the lesson, the lesson is maybe for. don't, you know, hey, maybe it's not meant to be with your ex who, because even before the demon came with the whole gun thing, Tariq was thinking about killing her. <laughs> Oh, that's right. They did not have a happy, they did uh, not safe, have healthy a, marriage. Not at all. Like he says, oh, I never hit her. And it's kind of like, oh, OK. It's like sleep mattress saying, like, we don't put microphones in our bed. It's like, wait, what? That reminds me of this story that's related. I watch a lot of BuzzFeed Unsolved. And he said, like, he went to Louisiana and there was a house that had a sign in it that said not haunted. He's <laughs> like, I know two things. That house is definitely haunted. And I don't want it. So, so yeah yeah so that's kind of how it ends it kind of resets but not it doesn't solve which i guess things aren't better yeah, things aren't which better I think at least yeah so so yeah there's so much plot and there's so much characterization um that we didn't even touch on and i feel like that it would be a three-hour episode right and honestly <laughs> not all of it i think I think it's good for the atmosphere, uh-huh. but it's not good for the plot, if that makes sense. Yeah. There's this whole thing with, like, the historical society. Oh, yeah. And someone trying <laughs> to buy the house and the movie yeah. and her career in L.A. And yeah. running There's and a lot. flirting with that guy. <laughs> There's oh, a scene in Roscoe's. <laughs> Yeah. I forgot about her running boo. Yeah, there's so much. There's a lot. And there's the scene with Corey and Sean and the horses where the horse gets started. Yeah, there's there a are a whole bunch so, of horses in this. There's so many horses. That's what I didn't get. Like, okay, it's a small town. You're a city boy. Like, is that, why would you just be, I don't know. Get a bike. Corey's, I don't know. Uh, uh, Sean's multiple Sean. adopted siblings. Oh, we didn't, even t- we didn't even touch on that. Yeah. 
So, but overall, I thought it was good. I liked the horror. Yeah. I really liked it. When it was a horror novel, I really liked it. When it was like trying to be like literary fiction or not even that, like a romantic lifetime movie rom-com about like how second chance sometimes you don't get a second <laughs> chance I, I wasn't I didn't need it yeah <laughs> I didn't need that I just really hated Miles so that's if you get anything out of this episode that's it so that's but it. I would recommend it I would too and especially since it's not we the didn't. right season anymore <laughs> for next next Halloween <laughs> exactly but I would recommend it. Yeah, I would too. Especially since like a lot of times we go like really deep into the plot. <laughs> so you're kind of like, I don't have to read it. But this one, there's a lot more I think that you could read that we just didn't get a chance to get really in depth into. Well, and then, yeah, and you don't want to, because also you don't want to sit, sit here and listen to us try and explain like how the ring tied back to this book. Because yeah. when you break it down that level, it's just boring and it's... Yeah. It's tor- yeah. So... But yeah, I think we did a good job just covering the overarching themes. Don't piss off demons. Mm-hmm. Care about your family. If a girl comes out of the and woods, don't sleep with her. Don't sleep with her. So, which, you know, is a lesson I didn't feel needed to be told. But, but you're Maybe. not a teenage boy, so. <laughs> I am not, so. If you're going to so, leave yeah. instructions on how to kill a demon that's been stalking you your whole <laughs> life, don't put it behind a door that's behind a, pla- a fake wall. That's a new thing we need to start adding. It's like, what did you learn? I learned, I know a demon's coming and I'm going to die soon. Leave clearer instructions. Tell somebody. Like, she was fighting like all bowls, like bowls of water everywhere. And it's like, did you ever clean it here, Angela? Yeah, she had that, that whole, like, because when they find, when she goes up and looks, she looks in her dead son's room, like, he has his own little, like, altar going on. Yeah. And she's like, what the? Yeah. Uh, so, mud everywhere the I guess, tree we know there's a lot going on <laughs> there's a lot i guess now that i think about it it sort of ties back into how she lost her roots i guess so. and how like if she had listened to her mother and paid attention to what she was trying to teach her she would have been able to catch this before Corey had to go bumbling in yeah <laughs> like a bull in a china shop trying to figure this out <laughs> yeah boom all righty okay. so um we did it. We're still, as we said, we're going to do a wrap up for the year yes. because I feel like we owe you all another episode yes. before the end of the year. And then January, Molly's very excited about. I'm very excited. Do we want to mention? I think we should mention it now because yeah. then you can read it over, um, winter. over the winter break. So, yeah. you know, I was thinking about um, like what. Um, <laughs> You know, we've hit up a lot of like contemporary and um, just very well-known um, black authors on this blog. I, I mean, what do you call it? Uh, podcast. <laughs> okay, we're so to be out very of fair. I'm looking up the title of the book also. <laughs> so um, hold on. Oh my god, I didn't have like it's it's our. It's our so, annual urban fic month. It's our, our annual urban fic book. And I was thinking, like, what? Actually, cut this part out, because i got to get, like, the actual title of the book. Hold okay. On. I remember. Okay, here we go. Here we go. All right. So um, so we were looking back. We've done a lot of, like, really well-known, up-and-coming, some indie um, authors. And I was thinking, like, there's someone 
there's someone we really have not touched on someone who's very popular someone who a lot of your mamas and aunties and grandmas have read (laughs) someone who you might have read and it's it's just time that we visit and what better time than january to finally read zane so (laughs) for january for urban fic lit month we are going to be reading addicted by zane Oh gosh, I I am going in with absolutely no expectations. You know, I, I feel like that's the her. best way. It it was passed around when I was in high school, and I was too much of a chicken. <laughs> She's got to be similar to oh, what's his name? Who does all the urban fake? I feel like they're like similar. Oh oh yeah, I can't believe I can't See, remember. This his is name. what I was doing. When I was trying to I was like, I'm gonna find this. Uh, Omar Tari. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. Like I said, always around, always had heard about Zayn. I've seen this book. I've held this book in my hand, but I was like, oh, I don't know if I can read it. Oh, wait, is it Eric Jerome Dickey? To tell you, I don't know anything about. I feel like we were a little bit too young when this stuff was super and popular. Probably. It looks like this came out 2001. Yeah, and like a lot of Eric Jerome Dickey's books came out of the 90s, and I was not reading <laughs> this. Erotica. Exactly. So, well, that's a thing we're doing. <laughs> be on the lookout in January. But our next episode um, later in December will be our usual wrap-up. So if you want, if you uh, if you have used Danielle's um, book tracking reading software or um, Google Form, Please let it's just us a know. form reading software is a bit giving it a bit too much weight yes we would love it's a form love love to hear your thoughts um and then uh yeah just join us we'll talk about what we read kind of a wrap up um i'm just gonna tell you danielle's gonna blow me out of the water <laughs> you you did real life adult things though, <laughs> so it's fine. Um, I just goofed off and read. So. But uh, quickly, I want to talk about Danielle. What are you reading? Sure, you're gonna be so proud of me because I stopped reading the alien romance books and read, I'm not like, proud of you. I'm you sad. should. Be. <laughs> My heart's sad. And I read read real capital L literature. I read um, a brief history of Seven Killings by Marlon James. Oh. How'd you like it? I loved it. Uh-huh. I'm really excited now for he's got like a fantasy book coming out in yeah. February. I'm ready for it. I got to read Book of Night Women, but uh, I'm really ready for it. Okay. Um, I started it. I haven't finished it. Another one started this year. <laughs> I, I did the audiobook, and that helped because it's performed it. very well. Okay. It's a struggle to get into because everyone, a lot of the characters have a very he- heavy Jamaican patois, patois, or however you say that name, that word, patois. the um, accent, yeah, patois, the accent, and it takes a little bit of adjustment if you're not, you know, not used to hearing that. It takes a bit of an adjustment to like get into it, but once you do, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But I really liked it, so that's the one I think people know about. It's about the uh, attempted assassination of um, Bob Marley, mm-hmm. which I think is just. Way to undersell a book because it's so much more. It's so much more than that. This book spans decades and I loved yeah. it. Awesome. Um, I read, yeah, I read The Line That Held Us by David Joy. It's a very short book. It's about um, a man accidentally murders 
or accidentally kills. I don't think you can accidentally murder. I think that's an oxymoron. He accidentally kills a man in the woods and then he tries to cover up and then it's, you know, the fallout from that. Mm. I read, I finished that Stephen King, Wolves of the Kaya, that 11,000 page book. Damn. Yeah, it was, I started, if it makes you feel better, I started it in July and I finished (laughs) it in November. Uh Uh-huh. So it was the fifth book in the Dark Tower series. I read The Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller. I read Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe by Benjamin Allier Sands, the first YA book I read and liked. (laughs) Um, I read Becoming by Michelle Obama. Oh, okay. That was supposed to be our November pick. It was, it was. We'll we'll get to it. (laughs) We'll get to it. (laughs) And I read My Sister the Serial Killer by Oyinkwan Orathwate. Yes, which we are absolutely going to read. Because I think that was going to be our December pick. (laughs) I know. We can. Everything will get. We'll get to it. We'll catch back up, guys. (laughs) (laughs) We've got a calendar started. We'll we'll find a place for it. Yeah. You know, we're cooking again. You got your computer. You got that job. (laughs) And we're all settled. Yeah. I have a computer that I legally own. Yes. They can't come and take it away from you. (laughs) Your job's over. We need the laptop back. But yeah. So how about you? What did you read? Uh, So I have been reading um, a book called A Little Book on Form, An Exploration into the Formal Imagination of Poetry by Robert Haas. Oh, that sounds good. It's very good. It's very lyrical. So um, I'm like, oh, huh. Hey, huh. I'm going to get a print, so, you know, I can't speed through it. Um, But I've been enjoying it. Uh, I'm still on Wolf Hall. I don't know if we've talked about that since uh, we started. I can't can't lie. I don't even remember what I was reading the last time we recorded. (laughs) And then I promised on Twitter that I would talk about this, even though um, I didn't end up getting it yet. But um, Heavy by, and I'm going to butcher this guy's name, Kiesi. Casey Lehman, Lehman, um, and he's just someone I've seen like personal essays from him like all over the internet for years, and so I was just like googling da 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 da, and I saw oh I have a memoir I was like oh shit and I read an um excerpt, so I said on Twitter oh I'm gonna get this when I get my paycheck, and then I went and got um so you saw our tree we went to uh Costco yes. <laughs> for like thirty dollar trees I was like that's a good price for a tree, and so we we're like give us a small one. And um, they gave us a nine-foot tree, girl. <laughs> that tree was huge. We had to cut it down. Like I cut it down twice, and then my husband was on the top, like sawing the top of it because we couldn't stand it up. And so I was like, "Ah, this needs some more bulbs and stuff." We don't have nearly enough lights to cover. This. Yeah, we had to get more lights. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm definitely gonna get it. Um, Maybe I'll get it for a Christmas gift to me. <laughs> oh, I thought you were hinting to Frank. Like he is Christmas sitting gift. here <laughs> with dinner. <laughs> Waiting hint, very hint. patiently. Uh, <laughs> and he's laughing in the background. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yes, let us wrap up. So we both have to do our hair, I think, too. I do. My hair, I got I gotta, I gotta, my standing 8 o'clock <laughs> flat iron appointment. But yes, but it's good to be back. Yes. Like every time we didn't publish, I was like, eh, eh, <laughs> we need to put something out. So yes, 
next month is our end of year wrap up. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Yeah. And yeah. if you have anything, Shame you. <laughs> <laughs> and if you had anything you read and loved and you want to talk about or share, or, you know, it's maybe something you read and hated and you want to talk about and share, basically anything that you read in 2018 that you have thoughts on, mm-hmm. you can tweet us at Black Chick Lit or you can email us at contact at blackchicklit.com. Yeah. Um, if you have questions or comments, you can send them on over to contact at blackchicklit.com, which you just said. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play, which is the part I should have just read. <laughs> it's fine. We're a little rusty. We'll get it back. I need to wear my glasses all the time. <laughs> Because I started, I was like, and I'm like, this is blurry. Let me let me lean in. I was like, and I'm already talking, you know. <laughs> uh, and we want to thank Sweet Forty Five for our theme, Jonesin. You can find them online at SoundCloud.com/sweet45. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys, and uh, we're back. Woohoo! <laughs> Bye. Bye.